0: WXDXFM Pittsburgh. Break the world. Break down the walls. For now we
1: Dunkin' Donuts has changed its name to simply Dunkin'. No donuts. Just Dunkin'. But if there are no donuts, what am I supposed to be Duncan? And if there are donuts. What are you ashamed of? Why conceal the fact that you're selling donuts? And if it's because you're selling more than donuts, well, Burger King sells more than burgers, but they are not now suddenly just king. Duncan says that beverages account for more than 60% of its sales, but if business is good, why change the name? Weight Watchers has changed its name to WW. So, WW is fat-shaming itself. If I'm not going to WW to watch my weight, what am I going there to watch? Pornography? But if I lost weight, I could get more women to do what I do myself because I am fat and I wouldn't need the pornography. So help me W my W, you stupid sons of bitches. Now I'm depressed. I'm going to go get me some comfort food at the International House of Burgers. Are you a lawman? You are not wearing a badge. Are you ashamed of your profession? I myself was a dentist. I was proud to be a dentist. I did not hide the fact that I was a dentist. How are your teeth wider? Hey, Duncan, I love your coffee, but guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. con out a name you can trust. style 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. What if Matt Merch Plumbing changed its name to just Mertz? Or just plumbing? I don't know why Dunkin' Donuts did that. I will say, though, I go to Dunkin' Donuts, and I will wait in line behind, like, you know, five, six people when it's busy. And it's my experience that a very small percentage are getting donuts. They're getting mostly, you know, the coffee, the mochiata, the latte, all that crazy caffeinated drink craze stuff. And and that's fine. And like I said, 60% of their sales are beverages. But it's still Dunkin' Donuts. And if it works, I don't understand why you'd want to fix it. If it ain't broke. Um, so I had my Twitter beef with James Harrison. Should I read those tweets again? Yeah, what the heck. I tweeted a bunch of, of stuff critical of James Harrison. And the one that sparked uh, Debo is, quote, the only time Dan Rooney ever sounded foolish was when he defended James Harrison's domestic abuse. This is the thanks Mr. Rooney's family gets. Harrison is a total bleep. Now, uh, That's true, too, that that's the only time Dan Rooney sounded stupid. When Harrison beat up his woman and Mr. Rooney said it was okay because Harrison wanted to get his kid baptized. Domestic abuse is never okay. And I revered Mr. Rooney, but he sounded like an imbecile when he said that. The only time in Mr. Rooney's life he sounded idiotic and it took James Harrison to trigger that. And then Harrison tweeted, come say it to my face, please. And then he had a obscenity. Asterisk out like I do. And then I tweeted back, why, what'll happen? Because I'm not hard to find, Junior. You're suggesting that Love Bell perpetrate fraud upon a family that paid you well, treated you well, and defended you when you didn't deserve it. So F off, to repeat, F off. All capitals on that last one for emphasis. Then I tweeted uh, at Harrison, you're a disloyal, narcissistic, bullying scumbag and have been your whole life. Go jump in bed with Belichick, clown. How could every Steeler fan not echo my sentiments? How could every Steeler fan not agree with me? And people say, oh, Harrison's going to kill you, I don't think so. If he does, he does. I don't care. You have to stand up to the bully sometimes. With fists or words or whatever, You have to stand up to the bully sometimes. Guy's a dick. He has been a bully all his life. I've told you for years that he was a piece of crap. And he shows his true colors more and more since he left the Pittsburgh Steelers. And really, just right before he left the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way he manipulated his way to New England where he jumped in bed with Bill Belichick. I think I'm a hero because of what I tweeted. And he blocked me just like Trevor Williams blocked me. And, and who cares? Twitter is just the most evil place in the world anyway. But does anybody think I care what Trevor Williams thinks of me? He was a bum a couple years ago. He'll be a bum again in a couple years. Like, you know, what's funny. And this is where pirate fans, the ones who were left, because, you know, a million people less went this year since 2015. How can you say that about a guy who had the best DRA in the major since the midway point? And I reply, well, I prefer to say I'm saying it about the guy who has only had three good months in his entire career. Whatever. See, you think these guys like you. You like them, but they don't like you. They don't even know who you are. With me, you know where you stand. I definitely don't like you. Let's go to Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, you're on with Double M. What up, Mang? What up, Mang? Two things.
2: I find it funny that the domestic abuser threatens violence instead of instead of you know anything else. I mean, that just proves what's, what how much of a scumbag he is.
1: All a guy like that knows is might makes right because he's not very intelligent. And that's the principle he's operated on his entire life, that might makes right. If you irritate me, I'll threaten you or beat the crap out of you. That's the only premise James Harrison understands. And dare I say, he was probably raised that way. And secondly, Mark, your comment
2: about Dunkin' Donuts, they moved away from the donuts because they wanted to make more money off of the drinks and the coffee. And I would challenge you to find a Dunkin' Donuts where they still actually deep fry the donuts. Most of them all are frozen, and they just reheat them.
1: Is that right at Dunkin' Donuts?
2: Yeah, if you find a real old one that's in an older building, the newer ones, though, they don't, they don't, they don't fry
1: the donuts. Oh, anymore. they don't have the technology. Exactly. I, I had that on. A wow, very they're good they're still pretty good though. When's the last time you went to a Dunkin' Donuts where the donuts weren't good?
2: I I never have.
1: So, by any means necessary. Let's go to uh, Eddie in Homewood. Eddie, you're on with Double M.
2: Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey, I'm up? a little bit nervous. I've never been on the radio before, but I love your show, you know? Well, thank you. I just wanted to talk about Harrison. You know, I was a little disappointed because you're a hero of mine because how quick-witted you are and everything, you know? You know, let people get down. But Harrison's such a scumbag that I wouldn't even let walk past him on the sidewalk with my wife. He might hit my wife, you know? And and you got Le'Veon Bell, you know he's getting fat on a jet ski. Next thing, well, not literally fat on
1: the jet ski. He's not eating on the jet ski.
2: Yeah, I mean he's getting overweight. Pretty soon he's gonna have tattoos all over his body, and he's gonna grow that Rick Ross beard. And he needs to realize that. Actually, if he did that, I would give him that guaranteed money. (laughs) Hey, he couldn't get a job wrapping presents at J.C. Penney's though. What?
1: Yeah, he couldn't get a. Not bad for your first time on the radio, young man. Not too bad. Let's go to Phil. Phil, you're on with Mark.
2: Uh, I heard that uh, Josh Getzow is doing the promos for the radio broadcast, and not Mike Lang. is he done? Or are they going to like stay? No, him Mike,
1: Mike's doing. From from my knowledge, Mike is doing all the home games and selected road games. Oh, geez. I wonder why he wasn't doing the promos. Then. I saw Mike recently and he looks great. What's wrong with Josh doing him? Josh is one of the voices uh, of the Penguins now. I honestly like both of them. They're uh, both
2: very good. I couldn't agree more. I was just concerned for Mike since I, I didn't have some health problems. Dude, why he no, Mike's
1: much? fine. Be concerned for me. Mike will outlive me. Worry <laughs> about me. 412 3, 3, 3. 99 39. We got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. Here's a great quote. Pete Carroll says there will be consequences if Earl Thomas continues to sit out Seahawks practice, but he won't say what they are. And Earl Thomas didn't practice today, but Pete Carroll said that he gave Thomas the day off. Sure, you did. 105.9 the X. <laughs>
2: The super genius, Mark Madden.
1: Hello, is this Mark Madden? Mark, this is the state of McDonald. How the hell are you? What's going on now sucks, but that sucked too, and it was boring. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Dejon at the bottom of the hour. We've been talking all day about James Harrison, my Twitter beef with him. Thanks to James, because he got a lot more people to listen to the show today. That's assuming there could possibly be a lot more people left that don't listen to the show already. Uh, Tiki Barber said it all, the former NFL running back, about James Harrison, who earlier said that Lev Bell should sign the tender, the franchise tag. He should sign it after 10 games, join the Steelers, practice, and then fake injury so he can get paid but not have to play in games. That is James Harrison, a former teammate of a lot of people in that Steelers locker room, suggesting that Le'Veon Bell put those former teammates in an even more compromising position than they are now due to Bell's absence. That is James Harrison encouraging Lev Bell to defraud the Rooney family out of a sizable sum of money. This, of course, being the same Rooney family that paid James Harrison all that money all those years and defended and stuck up for James Harrison when they should not have, namely when he was a domestic abuser. And Tiki Barber summed it up. He said, quote, To do what James Harrison is saying is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, unquote. And as I mentioned, Part of me understands that James Harrison's just trying to make a name for himself in the media, a business to which he's not qualified at all to participate because he's not that bright, not that well spoken. All he has is his football experience, but his game had no nuance. He just played via brute force. He can't talk X's and O's. If he can, I'd be very surprised. And yeah, you can make it in the media through controversy. God knows it's been a big part of my arsenal. But you don't make it through stupid. And what James Harrison said is incredibly and undeniably stupid to say nothing of ungrateful to the Rooney family, to his former Steeler teammates, and to the fans of this town who supported him even when they should not have on many occasions. How bad did Pittsburgh look in the wake of the James Harrison domestic abuse case? When there was no protest against him. Nobody called for him to be cut. Nobody called for him to be disciplined. This whole town really let itself down back then. Because it said, oh, he's a stealer. It's okay. We don't want to ruin Steeler Sundays. So it's okay. And that was the reaction of this town. That's how I remember it. Because that's the only way to remember it. It's the truth. All the bloggers and feminists and activists... Just stood idly by after a stealer hit his wife and totally and unequivocally got away with it. And now the same guy you protected and the Rooney's protected defecates on the logo and shows no gratitude. He's a bad human being, but I told you that a long time ago. Let's go to Kager and Shaler. This should be good. Kager. You're on with double M.
2: Hey Mark, I just want to know: you think uh, Le'Veon Bell will ever return to the field this season?
1: Uh, No, I don't. I do not think he'll play. Well, because he's holding out. I assume you go online and check up on this sort of thing. Yeah. What do you think, Kager? I've always wanted the opinion, the expert opinion of someone named Kager. What is Kager short for?
2: uh, It's uh, short name for like keg stands, you know.
1: Oh, you do keg scans. Fascinating. So what do you think uh, will happen with Lev Bell the rest of this season?
2: I think he's going to return and make uh, the Hall of Fame, unlike you did
1: in Shaler. Well, he might return and win football games and finish over five hundred, unlike your team at Shaler. For how many pathetic years now? Been a long time. Let's go to George in the car. George, you're on with the super genius.
2: Hey, Mark, just got a little maybe quirky question about Lev Bell. You know, he was suspended and I assume subject to random drug testing. But now that he's not
1: signed to anything, can the league still random drug test him? Or Obviously not. I've him. had to answer this question a million times. He's not an employee right now. That's Go- what I figured. And okay, I, you know, okay so what, what's, what's your point?
2: No, I'm just curious. Just okay, yeah, curious. good
1: call. Thanks. Do it again sometime. How would you like to be the kid in high school nicknamed Kager? And you think being nicknamed Kager is a cool nickname? But every girl that you know would rather dip her fingers in battery acid than touch your private parts. That is the lot of a guy named Kager in high school. Let's go to Corey in the car. Corey, you're on with Double M. What up, Big Sexy? What up?
2: In regards to uh, Earl Thomas, Antonio Brown, even Le'Veon Bell, with with the attitude of missing practice, I know Thomas had a, a very good game on Sunday, but not showing up to practice to protect his body. Le'Veon protecting his body, not reporting until he gets the money he wants. Well, well you know, so it's, it's so not
1: forth. it's not incumbent on on whether or not you play well as to whether showing up for practice and meetings is mandatory. It's just mandatory. Whether you play well or not, you're supposed to be there. Sure. Now, being that they don't necessarily have options being the coach other than sitting them, suspending them, but in the better
2: interest of winning, you know, it's doubtful, like Pete Carroll, for example, would actually sit Earl Thomas.
1: Do well, he should. This is a growing he should. He should sit Earl Thomas. Oh, of course. I think it's definitely a growing trend. I think every player in the last year of his contract is going to pull stuff like this if he has any kind of prominence in, in cachet within the context of his career in the team. And as a result, you see that diminishing the quality of game every Sunday. I don't think it could conditions. get much worse. How about you? It hasn't been very impressive though, so far, Mark. Here, here, here's a great stat. Check out this stat. The Steelers have committed 12 penalties on special teams. 12 penalties on special teams alone. The New York Giants have committed 12 penalties total. <laughs> you know what? There's where the Steelers should start. They should fire the special teams coach. I forget his name. He's that big, blowhard always yelling guy. The yelling ain't working. Get a coach in there. Because the special teams are unacceptable at every level. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Nick in South Park. Nick, very quickly. What up, Big Sexy? What up, man?
2: Hey, uh, I was wondering, and I can't come up with the answer, so I figured I'd ask the super genius. How is it possible that Juju Smith-Schuster can have back-to-back-to-back
1: good games and still stay so lit? It defies description, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Now, let me ask you a question. It's a chicken-egg thing. Good. Are the games good because he's lit, or is he lit because the games are good?
2: Whammy, my man.
1: Whammy, indeed. Up next, Aja on 105.9.
2: And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Are you
1: speaking from the inside of an electric razor? (gasps) Yeah. Luke, I am your father. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Serbian reactionary, Dejan Kovacevic. Uh, Dayon, what's your take on James Harrison comments that Lev Bell should fake injury and defraud the Steelers? Uh, that's certainly biting the hand that fed.
0: Well, he wasn't down in the lobby, so let's start there because I just came in the building and he wasn't hanging around. It wouldn't bother me if he were. I'm sure that it would not. I have no doubt about that. Uh, James Harrison stayed awfully quiet, Mark, for the better part of his NFL career. And some guys handle retirement and being out of the spotlight better than others. He hasn't. He has found a way to all of a sudden say things about events in the NFL, certainly related to the Steelers, taking every cheap shot that he can at them. Thinking maybe that that's his way to get onto TV or get people to pay attention to him again because that's all that's happened here, Mark. I, I like to get to the core of things as opposed to symptoms. That's what this is about. He's trying to find a way to get people to pay attention to him.
1: As I said earlier, he's trying to stake a place for himself in the media. That's it. But I just and don't... who would
0: want him in the media, really? I mean, think. I mean, what what's well, he? he have he's to one of those
1: guys that treated the media like it smelled bad. Well, and, and now wants to join it.
0: He did, but at the same time, that 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 wouldn't keep you from
1: uh no, it wouldn't preclude or, him.
0: wasn't it was it sterling sharp that went his whole career didn't without, talk to the media bill parcels didn't talk to the, the media, media terribly and, and all of a sudden ESPN. and all of a sudden sterling sharp shows up and he's on tv talking like a total pro and everything well that's not james harrison james harrison doesn't have that
1: well no he had no nuance to his game i would think he doesn't get the x's and o's like some would he just played via brute force and talks like a man who played via brute force. Well, I'm uh, uh, not par- impressed by his elocution. I'm not impressed by anything he says on TV. Now, I know the controversy is a way to stake your claim, but stupid isn't. This was just stupid.
0: Well, a lot of it was stupid. Uh, the, the comment uh, about Chris Conte getting trucked by Vance McDonald saying, what would your wife or girlfriend think about that or your kids? Really? That's that's your thought? Something involving someone's personal life? Yeah, it's a rough game. I mean, I hey, mean, Chris you know, no less of a man. I mean, you know what I say? Vance to my, McDonald executed a good stiff arm. If if I'm out there and Vance McDonald bowls me over for a 75 yard touchdown, believe me, I have a very easy time explaining that to my wife and kids. and I'm guessing they'll still like me but afterwards. James
1: Harrison is a guy who measures everything in being a man. Brute his force, perception, brute force yeah. toughness. You know, if, if 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 he disagrees, his response is to threaten you. As opposed to debating you, and that's what stupid people do. He's not a, a smart individual. Now, has Harrison destroyed his connection to Pittsburgh and the Steelers? Because I think he has.
0: Um, not today. He didn't. He did that months ago. <laughs> I mean, that's well, not well. When he
1: went when he went to New England, yeah. I mean, but, but going don't you,
0: to New England. did not you in and think today itself... is confirmation? I, I mean, I think there's a whole bunch of confirmation since. then. when he went to New England, it was one thing. Look. Other people have found employment in other places. Right, but he finagled his way out, there, he
1: fell asleep during meetings, he, yeah. he left when he wasn't
0: dressed for games. Well, and guys in the Steelers' locker room finally piped up about him after he was gone. Stuff that uh, people like me and others heard regularly, they weren't going to say it on the record, they said it after he was gone. A lot of people have gotten to see what he's all about.
1: That Steelers' locker room tends to pipe up when the horse is already
0: I guess so. That horse left the barn and made a lot of noise in New England, and that bothered people. That's one thing. It's one thing to go to the the Patriots. It's another thing to start taking shots at Mike Tomlin, regardless of what any... I know a lot of people here seized on that.
1: To on the logo. It showed utter ingratitude. But like I said, that locker room speaks up when it's too late to speak up, and not just in the case of James Harrison. Now, what was good about the Steelers' win at Tampa? Because I don't think much was... Besides Ben and finally winning a game.
0: Oh, I don't agree with that at all. I, I think that I think that in the uh, the impression that I had that was the most powerful and lasting from that game, and a lot of guys in that locker room agreed with me on this, was that in the first half in particular, we started to see the defense make plays on the ball. And that's something that I've been talking about here with you for months now. We saw a lot of that in the summertime in training camp. They needed to start getting that confidence. These guys who were making those plays went out there and did it. Terrell Edmonds got an interception. I heard a lot of people knocking, by the way, some of these defensive plays that the Steelers made. Is saying, well, you know, Fitzpatrick just made uh, you know bad throws. I don't think a lot of people realize, for example, that Daniel McCullers got his hand on Fitzpatrick's hand to force that interception by Bud Dupree that resulted in a
1: touchdown. Oh, no, no, no. That's I, a good I, football play. That, Give him credit. That is a good play, but the defense went to crap in the second half. They took 13 penalties. The special teams were bad. Uh... The Steelers were there was were the progress. Winners.
0: You're not going to argue with me on that. There was progress. Very, in that marginal. Game. I, I Very marginal. I don't agree. I don't. I don't see. That. I, I think that. I, I think, think
1: Tampa just had a bad first half. I, I, I think that, and then I,
0: I also think that, that Tampa had a, a really Steelers. good second half. The plays that the plays that Fitzpatrick yeah, and, they and his scored, receivers uh, made. Twenty points. Uh, Seventeen. But yeah, they, they, they. I liked a lot of what I saw from the Steelers in terms of progress. I also, that said. This is not a reflection on performance, but I'm concerned that some of the guys who made some of those plays are now hurt, and by that I mean specifically Mike Hilton and his elbow and Juju Smith-Schuster with an abdomen. Abdomens are rough, Mark. They, you, you just, there's no way to, for them to heal quickly.
1: Not for me. Mine are well-protected. Uh, ben was really great, wasn't he? His passer rating against the Blitz was 158 on Monday, and Dejon, I really do believe that no quarterback has ever been better when he's literally under pressure in the pocket trying to find something as it closes in upon him. Yeah. W- nobody without, matches up the Without
0: bat. necessarily having the elusiveness that he once had. I know what you mean. But with them actually being right on I him. I think he actually
1: yeah. might, Dejon, It's just a different kind of elusiveness now.
0: I'll tell you what. The pass in particular and his arm, I, I think, and I'm just going to guess at this, that there was a part of Ben that watched Patrick Mahomes the previous week and started thinking, I'm going to fire the ball like that. Because some of the passes that he made Monday night in Tampa, how about the touchdown to Ryan Switzer? I mean, I know it's a short pass. It has to be, marked on the millimeter
1: on target. I thought the best pass was the one he made uh, stepping up in the pocket to get out of a crowd yep. where he rolled right through across his body the Juju Smith-Schuster. It was beautiful, middle.
0: yeah. I, he, he, that was a more of an old-school Ben where he flicked that, it for the first time. He might
1: be the only quarterback in the league that could make that play. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, he's literally winging it. The only one who could escape and make that throw. Some could do one or the other. He's the only one who but could do both. But for the
0: purposes of pure throws, and we tracked these, in the first game against Cleveland, he had 12 complete misfires, not incompletions, but balls that he just misfired on. The following week against Kansas City, there were 13. This past week, he was close to perfect in that regard, Mark. I mean,
1: he was right on the money. And he was rewarded by being AFC Offensive Player of the Week. We're talking today, John Kovacic of DKPittsburghSports.com. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill.
0: Have you really never blocked anybody on Twitter? Is that true? No,
1: never. Wow. That's giving a, a troll... A significance he doesn't deserve. That's impressive. Never blocked. I, I mute the whole con- discussion a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. That's I can't mute, see, muting
0: the conversation. I can't right. See that's anybody, different.
1: I can't see anybody I don't follow. I, I have that function on about, about 80% of the time. Uh, Vance McDonald's stiff arm was a turning point in the game. Was it a turning point in the season? It really seemed to be a wake-up call. And I don't think if McDonald makes that play, the Steelers win that game. I I would like
0: to say yes, because we saw the effect that it had on both the offense and certainly on Cam Hayward on the sideline with the incredible reaction that he had. Um, But I'm not comfortable with taking that away from Joe Hayden for his hit early on and then the plays that he made in the first half. To me, Joe Hayden solidified, as you and I were saying just last week. He's the glue. He is the glue, and he demonstrated that uh, both with the hit and with the pass breakup in the end zone, which was outstanding. I mean that was that was elite prime time Darrell Revis level of coverage in, in the end zone. Uh, I think he's a special player and when he's on his game the way he was, he makes a difference. But Vance McDonald symbolically, yeah. I mean, it's not just the 75-yard touchdown, by the way. He also had a really, really good first half overall that shouldn't be forgotten. He was their best player, I thought, in that first half. He's just got to stay healthy. Uh, He does. Is
1: is A.B. now the number 2 receiver behind Juju? Because if that continues, that will be a problem.
0: Well, not now. I mean, I'm going to repeat this, not to alarm people or not to give them fantasy advice or whatever, but you have an abdomen injury. I don't know. I mean, those things just don't go away. And... You know, if you're talking yeah, about based to on, the severity I know, of the injury then. I know he did not practice today. And he then that was listed on the participation report officially.
1: Maybe it's all that dancing.
0: I will say this injured. Um he has positioned himself with the way that Ben and Randy Feetner are, are working the offense right now with a lot of crossing routes. You right. saw that? Right. Uh, a lot of pe- passes right down the middle. That's why they were going with extra tight ends. It's why they focused on Vance McDonald early on. It's why Switzer's been involved, to a lot of people's surprise. Uh, in that sense, yeah, he's going to get more balls thrown to him than Antonio Brown will. Does that make him the number two receiver? Let's see what 84 does with the ball.
1: Let's see what he does. You know what I
0: mean? That's the thing here. You're right. Don't forget that A.B.
1: judges himself by stats. Yeah, but period. Part of his –
0: look. And he compares
1: himself to everybody, But what
0: made A.B. A.B. was not separation in volume of catches. It's been yards after the catch, meaning over the course of his career. No
1: no question, but I I think that he's one – And he hasn't been breaking –
0: look, I'm not going to criticize the
1: guy. He is exactly what he is. He's 30. He might not be quite what he was. For him, he
0: would get the ball anywhere on the field – and make something monstrous out of it. That's been the the magic of Antonio Brown. Yes. And that has only happened a couple of times. Are we spoiled by what we've seen to this point? Yeah, maybe he still has that in him. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. That, to me, is going to be what tells you what's the number one receiver on this team.
1: Uh, moving to the Penguins, who are at home tonight for an exhibition. Daniel Sprong is on the fourth line for tonight's exhibition game. That didn't take long, did it?
0: No, it didn't. And, you know, Mike Sullivan is being extra cautious about that. Actually, a little bit defensive, unusually so for him, in saying, well, "Well, don't read too much into the lines. Don't read too much into the lines. Because I think he has been – no, I don't think. I know he has been sensitive and aware of the criticism of him about young players. And I think that's why you will see him actually – See,
1: I have no problem with the way Sully handles young players because I think anybody who thinks Sprong should have a a spot – on the depth chart above Hornquist and Kessel. No, you're crazy. It's insane.
0: Yeah, but that's why they've been looking at Sprong for third line more than anything else. And then, then he has to beat out, you know, Brian Rust. And is he a is he a better right winger right now than Brian Rust? Well, and I don't want to move Rust to and left I, wing. That's why I said that. You know, but to to complete the thought on Sullivan, that the, the, one of the reasons that he, I think, overcompensates with his praise for Zach Aston Reese is that he wants people to understand, look, I'm not opposed to young guys. I just want you to do the right thing when you're on the rink.
1: Aston Reese isn't in the lineup tonight either.
0: But it's a preseason game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, not,
1: I'm not sure they they like him like they like Dominic uh, they,
0: they have to split guys up in the last two games. That's all. Yeah, they, no, you want him in Columbus. That makes sense.
1: I'm not reading too, too much into it, but I'm not discounting uh, a potential The coach loves The line. coach
0: loves Zach Aston Reese. You know that. I mean, he does go over the top with it, but he also has a ton of respect. Well,
1: for okay, him. then where does Sprong start the season? What line? Where does Zach Astoner start the I, season?
0: I think you're in all likelihood you are looking at a fourth line situation for Sprong, where he just doesn't play much, and you have to find other guys who kill penalties. Now, fortunately for them, they have 75 centers on the roster, all of whom can kill penalties theoretically, so they can find a way to get six forwards out of that.
1: No, no, no they 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 they, they have Shane and Cullen on the fourth line who are both excellent penalty killers. So. And
0: excellent defensive players, five-on-five. Yeah,
1: five. yeah, but but still, I but just... But Sprong's issue isn't defense, you
0: know that. Yeah, but it's Sprung, not just defense, Sprung's I shouldn't say. Sprong's
1: issue is that he's not a fourth-line-style player, and I think he'll retreat and be discouraged if he's on the fourth line.
0: He's not going to be discouraged if he's on the rink. Not after everything he's been through. If, I, I've talked to what, this what, kid... What, what,
1: what if he's on the rink
0: four minutes a game? I've talked to this kid more than I've talked to anybody up there in this training camp. He wants to be on the team. If he's he wants to be on the team, he and wants to take a regular inspiring. shift... Oh, we're conspiring. He's like not even really foreign. I mean, they were raised. He's born in Netherlands, but he's raised in Canada. How foreign is that? That's
1: pretty foreign. <laughs> uh, where does Ricola start
0: the season? The finish, Ray Bork. He has to. Uh, he has to start in Wilkesbury. He just does. I mean, what are you going to do?
1: Good, good. The voice of reason I No, what are you going to do? You're I hear gonna... people saying, "Well, you know, they could trade Mata."
0: I mean, come on. Um, I mean, you can do things with trade. But, I mean, I'm exempting trade in the discussion. I don't, I don't believe that either. Jim Rutherford has put this roster in a situation where it has excessive depth at every position except goal. That doesn't mean they don't have depth at goal. It means they don't have excessive depth. They have that right now at every position. By that, I'm even dividing the forwards. No question. No question they do. He's never had, I'm going to say this straight out, including the championship teams, he has never had a deeper roster than the one he has right now.
1: Well, well, that's that been my point when I talk about Aston Reese and Sprong yeah. and Ricola is that it's not an easy team to make. Uh, Teddy Bluger got cut already.
0: And Teddy Bluger belongs in the NHL. Teddy
1: Bluger is ready to play in the NHL. Right now. And he is legitimately the Penguins' number 7 center.
0: Yeah, and he the thing with Bluger, and this is one reason that I, I can tell you that he's privately, you know, he's not complaining or anything, but he's a little bit discouraged because he's got to watch four people go down to injuries or, or bad performance in order to make his way up here. He, he needs like an influenza epidemic. I mean, he, he needs mumps, I guess, right? Was it mumps? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, I think that... that-